Welcome to Chai with Sam Dosa. I'm your host, Sam Dosa, live from Birmingham, wherever you are. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. And thank you for joining us on this podcast. Today, I have a uh, a great, uh, well, I would, what I'd say to introduce her to you. She's amazing uh, because she is not only an inspirational speaker, but she's a mother. She's a CEO, founder of Nostis Detox. Uh, she is uh, always on radio, national TV, her given expert advice on natural health and lifestyle solution, and a woman conscious leader. Okay, and she was a corporate lawyer, uh, and her own business right now is uh, Notch Detox, in which is was inception since two thousand eight, because uh, her son has severe food allergies, eczema, asthma, anaphylaxis. As a baby, led her to retain, retrain as a raw chef and nutritional specialist. Wow, I think that's the journey which we should start from. So, welcome, Gita, to my podcast, Chai with Sam Dosa. Thank you, Sam, for having me. Fantastic. So I just uh, was reading your bio and I was so intrigued about your journey as being a mother with a child who has gone through. And it reminds me, my daughter as well, when she was born, she was at Zama, was very high. We started putting asteroid cream and everything. And that was also another journey. But before I want to start, I would like to ask you this question. So who Gita is and what's her purpose? Who am I? Um, I, I mean, I just, I'm a, fairly, I'm a fairly normal kind of person, really. I'm a mother, daughter, a business owner. Um, I, I think that the only thing that makes me different is, is my sheer bloody-mindedness, honestly. I, I think that because I, I, I haven't lived a life that many other women have, many women have gone through what I went through. Mm-hmm. Um, I just uh, went through it my way because of, of literally bloody mindedness, absolute determined stubbornness to refuse to give in to anything and make it happen really my way. Um, in terms of my purpose, I think that that I, I really... Honestly, if I could have everybody in the world understand how much of a difference they could make if they felt strong and powerful and confident in their bodies, then their lives would just change. And, and that if we could do that, um, I, I, it, would, it would be a really cool way to, to have spent a lifetime. I mean, I've spent the last 11 years doing that. So it'd be whatever else I have left, I'll do that with. Cool. So you were a corporate lawyer, and I was. So from corporate lawyer to a entrepreneurship, what was how the, was the transition happened during this period? It was brutal. <laughs> Firstly, I did not want to be a corporate lawyer because my, you know this thing about being Indian. My father was like, okay, doctor, lawyer, accountant, and my mother added in marriage or death. And so I was like, actually, you know what? I think I'll go with the words. I don't like bloods. Not great with numbers. And so I went with the words and I became a lawyer. Um, And I sort of, I did it, but I just never liked doing it. I honestly never, I hated doing it. And it's quite funny now because people, you know how we do in our communities, people ring you and say, can you talk to my daughter? She wants to be a lawyer. I'm like, really? Have a talk to anyone but me. (laughs) 
anyone but me. I highly recommend she talks because it just the, the, the patriarchy is represented in law in a way that it just isn't anywhere else. And I hated it. Um, and so I, I went very quickly into corporate negotiating because I was really comfortable in that space and I enjoyed it. I liked it. That's what I just couldn't go to work and hate it every day. It was impossible. Um, and then I my son was extremely ill. Uh, he spent 200 odd days out of his first year in hospital. So that was the first step in life, quite not quite going the way you expect it to go. And then um, after that, when I, then I had had, then, then fast forward about eight, nine years and I'd had two more children and I got divorced. And, you know, I ended up, uh, it was a really acrimonious divorce because we had a, a joint business and all our assets were together and he cleaned out all our bank accounts and disappeared with it. And, and you know, I just was brought up to, to protect myself from my husband because in, in my in my in my upbringing, that was never my parents had joint accounts and everything. My father looked after them. Maybe it's extremely naive, but I wasn't aware of doing that. I didn't think that anybody would not look after their children, um, particularly since we'd made the money together. Um, so, yeah. So I ended up with 200 quid, three children under the age of seven and homeless, basically with nowhere to be, nowhere to go. And I slept on a friend's floor for six months. And those were not the time when you could get dressed in a suit and go to work. <laughs> Couldn't. So my job left me, not me, my job and my career. I just needed money instantly, you know, and I couldn't live off my solicitor's salary anymore. Um, yeah. And I needed to find another way to live stat. So I did. Excellent. Excellent. That's the journey, you know, I've gone through with my own journey as well. And when I look at the women like you, and I've spoken to a couple of other great women, my my present wife is also going through with her own journey. She's, she's also from, a, um, she's Sikh um, and from Punjabi community, and she's gone through with her own journey as well. And uh, as what you are describing here today is, I'm listening to you, and it just reminds me of her story, what she has done, which she has done. Yeah, well, I'm Sikh as well, so there's probably yeah. a lot of commonality in yeah. there. Yeah, and I will introduce you to her as well and see where life takes you both, you know, because I, I listen to women like you, and it gives me that, you know, you have that tenacity to excel. And it's not about, because the society has so much uh, put this demeanor of men as a breadwinner, everywhere yeah. it creates a lot of women go through with uncertainty in their life and just thinking that yeah my father was the breadwinner in my house and that's how i look at my journey coming to this country in 1996 and joining my first wife and she was putting all that pressure saying that oh you are the you are the man of the house you are the but she was brought up in this country yeah and I was brought up in Pakistan, and the way I was brought up, it was completely opposite to how the people were brought in, uh, bringing up their children over here. My daughters are opposite now because the way I brought them up, because I was the, the solely mother and father to my children at the time mm -hmm. they were growing up. But the journey which you took, and now you become a successful entrepreneur as well as doing all those sort of things, helping so many individuals and helping a lot of people. How it feels to you right now that, as you said, your purpose is to help people to understand that health is more important uh, to them to anything else. Because right now, we have seen a lot of uh, uh, cases where the children are not looking after their health. They are just watching those 
videos and becoming oh it's not just the children i mean i think it's the adults too but i think that so so sam let's just break um, just just let's let's pick that apart for a minute i've never said health was important mm -hmm. i actually specifically use the words having confidence in your body mm -hmm. because the thing is the majority of us have 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 literally and the pandemic has made this worse mm -hmm. in some places and hopefully better in some places we've given away the 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 control over our health to someone else. So it's the doctor, it's the this, it's the that. It's because I haven't got choices. And, and I honestly will spend my dying breath trying to explain to somebody that this is just not at all true. You know, we've taken some incredibly ill people and made them healthier. We've given them energy and strength and confidence in their bodies by teaching them the skills in how to actually become healthy. So it's nobody cares about their health. Honestly, this was such a hard lesson for me because I really wanted to teach people about their health. They didn't care. They cared about their weight. They cared about their energy. They cared about their sleep. They cared about their sex lives. Nobody gives a shit about their health. So when you say to people, let's get healthy, because that's what my website used to say. No, it was like, nobody cares. But when you give people what the, you sort of, what do you say? You give them what they need and sell, give them what they want and sell them what they need or something. Yes. So what we, what, what, where I come from is to get people to understand that when you make choices that hurt your body, you are making choices that are hurting you. And when you make choices that help your body, you are changing and transforming your life and evolving into a stronger, more confident person. That's what I care about. And that's what I, it, it, that, is, that is the core, I think, of what I believe. I, and, and within that, it's your emotional health, your mental health, and your physical health. And then you can step into what your purpose is. Because if you're knackered every single day, I mean, you tell me to get into my purpose, I'll shoot you. I don't have time for this shit. I don't have the energy for this shit, you know? So health is, is, is not anyone's priority. In a way, and that's what the pandemic has taught us. And even now, if you say to people, get healthy, they're just like, can I get out of bed feeling energetic, please? That's all I care about. Yeah, true, very true. And there's this one sentence uh, is always in my mind or whenever I do my presentation. And I said, listen, we are born to win, but conditioned to fail. We have been conditioning by the society. We are conditioning by our siblings. We are conditioning by a lot of people. And that's why we are just looking at what is the quickest way to get healthier. Oh, just have two pills in your mouth and you will become better. In the morning, you have a headache. You're not going to look at the symptoms of the headache. We're just going to put two pills in. I remember I used to take two, two paracetamol 500 mg for two of them every six hours, just as a sake of taking it. Because my Are father, you shitting me? No, no, I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you the Why? truth. Why? I was, because this is, this is because you're included with so many things going in your life. You just say, oh, I got a headache. I got a pain in my neck or my head or my body. <gasps> just to put insane. two pills. Just to put two pills. But. Thank God. Thank God. I left those sort of a journey. Yesterday, the whole afternoon, I had a severe headache. And my wife was telling me, come on, take two paracetamol. I said, no, I don't want it. I just sat in my meditation. I did my prayers and everything. And it receded completely. I did not take any. I just wanted to. People are not looking at it. You must be dehydrated. You must be eating exactly ridiculous things what you are overweighting yourself with. And then you are not going for a fresh walk. You are not going outside your house. You are just expecting 
the magic wand comes from somebody or Gita will give us a magic wand and everything is going to ha ha make it everything happier for us. It doesn't work. You need to act on it. And that's why we have been conditioned. Yeah, we were winners when we were born. But then conditioning happened. Now, and when, we, when, we, when we say to people, instead of taking this, why can't you just do this? And this is, it's hard work because I can't mentally set myself. We have to change the mindset. People need to change their mindset. Is the every small step we take towards our health. And everybody says, oh, yeah, my health is my wealth. But do you really believe that? You work oh, hard. I do. <clears throat> yeah. You work hard all your life and then say, you know, I was working hard so I can have a great, my, my, my last days are going to be greater. But you are bed rested. You are spending all your money, what you have earned to get better now. Uh, yeah, that's in like my mother is 86. She's mm -hmm. 87 mm -hmm. uh, in two weeks, 28th of February. Wow. My mother is wow. 87 and she's phenomenal. She works out an hour every day. Um, she does yoga, different exercises. She does smoothies. She does the Nosh juice fast. She's really, you know, I mean, we're, my mother's extremely focused. And so she lives on her own. She's very healthy. And, and you know, old age is, is I, the, what, what I want to tell people is this. Look at it this way. If you're driving a car and the car has punctures, you would be considered stupid if you continue to drive that car. Literally stupid. People yeah. keep pointing it out going, you've got a puncture, you've got a puncture, you've got a puncture. But if you have a really bad headache, nobody says you're stupid for taking a painkiller. Because, no, 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 take a painkiller. No, what's wrong with you? Why won't you take a painkiller? And so it's a completely different approach. Whereas I want you to see your body as a collection of an automobile. You've got, you've got the engine oil. You've got the water that it needs. It's got the fuel that it must have. It's got to have, think of, I see my body absolutely like, a, like not even a machine. I see it as a, as, a, as a vehicle. And if there is a part of the vehicle that isn't working, you better believe I'm focused. I'm, I'm known to stop everything and go, oh, wow, I have a headache. There's something really wrong. I use what my body's telling me as, as a signal, a smoke signal, telling me there is something wrong. There's something not right. Fix it now. And then that's what I do. Actually, people, people will not understand this, uh, the phenomena of things, what we are working, which we are looking at things and everything. I just wanted to share you something which is being said by a, um, a what I call it, uh, uh, let me just get this, um, because this is uh, being said by one of the greatest uh, uh, person. And in this statement, I'm, I just have to take this information out from my phone, it's not coming out at the moment, but what he says, everything is actually in your body, which says to you what actually is happening. Your body will tell you, 100%. What is going on? You are having, because people don't understand. People are talking about emotions. When you are not going to be articulating your emotions outside, what you are doing, you are suppressing them. And I was reading this book about uh, receptors. And this lady has really done a great uh, um, uh, research on this. And he says, you know, every emotion got a receptor on it. It receives some information. And the emotions which you're going through, happy emotions or a bad emotions, it receives actually all your energy, all your toxin which is going through. And if there is a small part of something coming from outside, it absorbs it on that receptor. 
and your mood changes yeah. because of that and the way you look at it. People are laughing, you start laughing with them because it's contagious. Because people say, oh, if somebody smiles, I would smile again. And somebody will talk to me in a, in a workshop and say, you know, I'm cutting a lemon. And when somebody says lemon, it automatically clicks on and your mouth started watering because the juice started yeah. coming in because that's connection. And people yeah. are not understanding that we are combinedly connected to all of those things in, in a body. Body tells you everything. But everything. It's your, it's your home. So and, it tells you what you need. Yeah. And, and water. When I said to a lot of people, water is the biggest absorber, absorber of everything. It absorbs everything in your system. So yeah. when you keep two glasses of water, this was this study was done in Japan by a scientist. Yeah, Emoto. Yeah. And you know that what has happened. Two glasses of water, one you say I love you, one you say I hate you. And what happened? Completely. completely. And that's the crystals are completely different. But I mean, your body is, your bones are 60% water. Yeah. So, you know, when you wake up every morning and you tell your body you love it, it's a very different place to be. Then you wake up every morning and your inner bully is sitting there going, you're fat, you're really stupid, you can't stop eating and you, you can't. And the trouble with it is this, when you have um, gotten to the place where you wake up every day and you're tired and you're exhausted, I mean, no, let's be clear, there are days I wake up and I'm really tired and I'm like, the world should go to hell and I'm going back to bed. So it's not like anything is perfect. But if you wake up every day and this is your standard, then there is no point in listening to your body because you can't hear it. You have made a lifetime out of really being quite certain that you can't hear your body because there is no place in the world that your body says, what I really need now is McDonald's. Then after that, I need KFC. And then after that, I'll have a pizza and we'll call it good. There is no place your body is telling you that. Literally no place your body's in. And then when you tell me you don't have time, I'm like, okay, but you have time to die. You have time to get sick. You have to, you know, it's a machine. You treat the machine badly, you will pay that price. You treat the machine. The, your body is a phenomenal construct. Within five to seven days only, I can transform you into a healthier, more energetic version of yourself. It's so forgiving. It doesn't matter how long you've eaten badly. It doesn't matter how much crap you've put in your mouth and how much you've never done. Five to seven days will transform how you feel. And that's that's what exactly people want to hear it. But again, again, this is all again. There is the media. There is again. There is so much conditioning around us, which does not allow us to take that step. Correct? You you heard about? Oh, New Year is coming. Let's have a resolution. Let's put ourselves in an exercise regime. Let's do this. Let's do that. How many days? Okay, but there's also a reason to that, Sam. Yeah. The reason we don't, we fail at our goals is because when we set a goal, it's always external. Like, pick, give me a goal, for example. Let me break this down for you. Give me a, what, what, pick a goal. Uh, losing a weight. Okay, no, pick something different. That one is too emotional. Let's okay. say I want to read a book a week. Okay, let's, let's do that. Because yeah. weight loss is a longer conversation than we yeah. have time for. Mm -hmm. um, let's pick, I want to become a reader and yeah. I want to read one book a week. Yes. Okay, now the issue with becoming the person that wants to read one book a week is it's an external thing. Mm -hmm. I want to be the person that reads one book a week. You're like, okay, so you start trying to read a book and you try and fit it in. And after a couple of weeks, you're already behind and you think, what the hell? And you give up mm -hmm. because actually reading a book takes time and dedication and effort. Mm -hmm. But the biggest problem you have there is that you don't read a book a week. In order to have that as a successful goal, you have to become 
the person that reads a book a week. So you have to become the reader. Now, in order for you to become the reader, that is now an internal goal. Not, I have to read a book, but I am a reader. For you to become, I, I, I thought about this because I was trying to persuade my children that, you know, just to prove they knew how to read. And then, so you become a reader, and that means that I'm a reader. So I read every day. Okay, so if you read every day, what do you have to leave in order to put in reading? Because you have to cut something out to put reading in. So you work out the time of the day that you read every day. If you've worked out a time of the book that you read every day, you never have to set a goal again to be how many books you read because you are now a reader. Then the last thing, which is the biggest problem, is people then try and read intellectual books. For the love of God, don't do it. Until you become a proper reader who enjoys something, just read the stuff you love. I will happily read a comedy or a romance, and I don't think I'm stupid at all, and I'm a full-on bookworm. Now, the difference in that approach is that you've changed and evolved into a different person. So it no longer is an external goal. So we take weight loss. I want to lose weight. Okay, that becomes, I want to lose weight. I want to lose five pounds, seven pounds, 10 pounds. So I need to become that person who does the thing to lose that weight. Okay, now when I'm only thinking about weight loss, the possibility of me failing is extremely high because I am daily consciously measuring myself against an aspirational goal and seeing how much I've not got to it. What is the difference? The difference can be, instead of me wanting to lose weight, I'm going to be a person that eats really healthy fruit and vegetables every single day. Those are the same goals, because if you eat fruit and veg every day that you make at home, you're definitely going to lose weight. But if your goal becomes internal, how, many fruit, how much fruit did I eat today? How many vegetables did I eat today? You become, and, and, and when? Because that then, that person that eats fruit and vegetable has to be the person that orders them, has to be the person that understands how to make them tasty, and has to be the person that replaces what's currently happening with the meal that you're going to eat. That is vegetables, okay? Now you've become that person. You can eat meat, you can eat fish, whatever, but whole foods, unprocessed foods. As soon as you become that person, weight loss is just not relevant anymore because you've internalized your goal. This is why we fail at New Year's resolutions. Yeah, yeah. I'm... And one thing which I just wanted to uh, add over here is a lot of people have started to try to do themselves everything. They do not think about having a buddy or having somebody to be accountable because even husband and wife, let's say, or they both start doing this. How long that is going to last? Because one person is going to say, oh, well, this is not for me. Uh, I'm, I'm craving for this or I'm craving for that. But in your view, uh, this becomes an internal goal for you to achieve something for yourself. What about uh, habits? Doesn't it count as a habit as well? You, you create a new habit for yourself, eating habits? Yes, but I said, you have to order the fruit and the veg. That's one habit. So you're changing the habit there of instead of ordering the crap that you would order, you're ordering the good things. The second habit you're implementing within that scenario is the person that's learning to cook healthy things instead of order processed shit or eat crap, okay? So absolutely it's habits, but when I ask you to set up healthy habits, then some person has said, oh, it takes 90 days to set up a healthy habit. You know, that stuff, it, it just, when you break down goal setting, it's deeply difficult for you to carry because it uses guilt and shame as a propeller to move you forward. Whereas if actually you become a person that just eats fruit and vegetables every day, what you're doing is 
is using pride, self-confidence to become a different version of yourself. And the habits are absolutely the things that underlie everything. So my stuff, habits make and break all of this because it's the only way you implement it because you have a habit means take out something you were doing and put in something new you are doing. Mm -hmm. So for me, like I teach my clients a balance sheet technique. I'm like teach every day as a profit and loss account mm -hmm. and balance it over the week because otherwise you fail in the day and you think screw tomorrow, I've already failed. But that's not how it works. I don't think that. I wake up in the morning and if I think, I mean, it's never happened that I wake up and I think I want a donut, but I buy four o'clock in the afternoon. Oh my God, let me talk to you about my donut desires. But it's a profit loss account for the day. So if I've eaten my salad, I've eaten my fruit and I've eaten my vegetables, I'll eat that donut with great joy. And then I'll wake up the next day and I'll be like, oh, I worked out today. So that PL for that day is different. But across the week, I have a balance sheet. I make sure across the week I'm putting in everything that I need across a week for my life to be balanced. So I put in time to work out. I put in time to read. I put in time to meditate. I put in time to make sure I order the food so I have it in my home so I can eat. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and, and it just is now instinctive because my life will not function unless I'm at optimum. I'm a single parent and the breadwinner for my family. If I get sick, my life doesn't work. Therefore, I will not get sick. And if I start to get sick, I'm like, oh, shit, how do I fix it today? Not next year. Yeah, very true. Very true. You, if you are a breadwinner, if you are the single parent, if you know exactly, I felt the same thing. And if you have to be looking after your body and your, your health is more important than anything else. So in going forward, I just wanted to ask you, because a lot of people are still very um, uncertain about having a coach. In your view, do you think that some people who are trying to achieve excel in their health, or whether it's their career, whether it's their business, should they have a coach? I mean, let me answer that question this way. I have always had a coach. I have always had a coach. My approach to it is this. When I want to know something because I need it for me, I find the person that knows how to do it really well. And I'm like, teach me what you know. I don't want to make the mistake. I don't have the time. Or what the hell is the use of the money? Just teach me. And, and I often don't always can, I can't always afford it, but I'll make a deal. I'm like, just, just cut through now. So I was looking at just some really basic example, video editing. This morning, I found a woman who likes to video edit. I'm like, let's talk. How much, when, what you do it. I would rather shoot myself in the head than edit a video. So people like me, why we're useful is you just, sometimes you just want to be told what to do. Sometimes you're terrified. Sometimes you're like, oh my God, I put, I have a client, she, a client who signed up last week. She said, um, I put on 20 kilos in the first lockdown and five in this lockdown. Now this woman is petrified that she's never going to lose this weight, but she's going to keep. So she's moving away from who she is. Now at that stage, do you learn another diet or do you hire a goddamn coach stat? You hire a coach. Absolutely. She's like, just tell me what to do. Just, just tell me what to do. I've tried everything I know, it's not working. The only issue is that for women, we're very bad at investing in ourselves. So we invest in ourselves in um, our professional capacities, but not always in our personal capacities. And I am really, I, I know that I need to function at my optimum and I'm really bad at loads of crap. So I go hire people to teach me that stuff. I think that's, that's the way forward. And people are still, you know, always looking at small, uh, as you said, you know, there is always a way of to collaborate with people. 
is the collaboration. Yeah. It's not about that, okay, I know you have a great skill sets. I got a great skill set which I can teach you and you do the same thing as a collaborative partner. And that's why people are not understanding. We are standing in this business or in personal development industry. Everybody's trying to say, oh, I'm better than you. I'm better than you. I'm better than you. And you are not getting any clients. And you are fighting for the same same thing. And I said to a lot of people, why don't you just collaborate? You got a skill set. I got a skill set. Let's collaborate and work forward towards those things where we help a lot of I'll people. tell you, I don't do that anymore. Mm -hmm. Okay, Sam, but I don't do that anymore. Mm -hmm. Let me be a bit controversial. That's fine. I'm expensive. And what I do is I make people pay for what I am doing, because when you pay, you pay attention. Mm -hmm. This is what I have found, because weight loss and anything to do with that is so emotional. I have collaborated over the years so many times with people who have skills that I wanted, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it never works. It works for up to a point and then it stops because it is a value-based proposition. So I stopped doing that and, I now, and I'm sure there are places it works incredibly well. For me, I'm like, if I want something from you, let me pay you. If you want something from me, pay me. And it's our market rate because when you pay attention, people aren't expensive because they're stupid. Usually, one hopes, people are expensive because they're efficacious. I'm super expensive because I know that within six months, I will send you back out in the world with the exact skill sets that you need to make you at your bloody best. So then I'm expensive because of that, right? So when we're collaborating, it's a very different... Uh, so I, I used to do that. It's not something I believe in anymore. Well, that's absolutely completely uh, right about it because everybody is not in the same sort of a vibration of mindset. Exactly. Yeah? Because you have excelled in different areas and you do not want to collaborate with people who haven't got a skill set or they are not actually achieving the same vibration with you because they are still collecting peanuts. They're still collecting peanuts because they haven't got that journey on their back. So that's why where people are affected by those sort of things. But one thing I would like to con con let's, let's, let's uh, uh, wrap this up in terms of what is your one... Uh, sentence you tell people that your health is the most important bit in your life besides anything else what's the most important sentence you can share with my audience what's the most oh i think that if you can understand your emotional drivers you will finally run your own life until you understand your, your emotional drivers, you don't have control. And that's why not eating donuts is not actually a goal. So I, I used to have on my first ever website, I wrote suffering is, a change is inevitable. Suffering is optional. Very true. Very true. Yeah. And I really believe that because I don't love change, I have to say, but now I accept it and I move on immediately because it just makes a very big difference. How you feel is who you are. I think accepting change is the biggest uh, uh, ask because nobody wants to be asked to change. Just changing from one seat in your office to another seat, people get really upset. I don't want to move. I, I was been sitting there for all my life, and exactly. I don't want to move. And and when when people says moving from one country to another country or one city to another city, it, it or working from an office to working at home. Yes, like we are now. You know, and, on, but, and also changing the software which you are using for 10 years and changing a new coming the new software, people are so upset that what you are bringing, I don't want to change. 
painful. It's very painful, actually. I really sympathize because I'm one of those people and I really sympathize. I'm just like, oh my God, I don't have time to learn this. Shoot me now. My son, before we came on, said, are you finally going to buy a new phone? I'm like, you know, I hate this shit. I really hate this. So I, but, but when change comes, I now no longer fight it. When it's here, I'm like, oh, we're here. I adapt and I move on because there was, because I know, I know that I don't have a choice. So therefore I have learned to actually think, okay, this is always bringing something better. Always. We may not think it or understand it in our conscious mind, but I am such a believer that I, I actually, despite all the awful things in theory that have happened to me and my family, I think I'm one of the luckiest people I know. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you. Either for being my amazing guest for today. Thank you for having Please, me. It's a pleasure. Please tell my audience how they can find you and how they can order your amazing uh, product, which you are sharing with millions of people right now. Thank you. Please, can you go to uh, noshdetox.com? So N O S H D E T O X. Dot com, and you'll have access to me, to what we do and everything. And you just, we love talking to you. You don't have to be a client. We'll talk health and wellness to you till we're all blue in the face because we love it. That's what we and the team, we just do that all day, every day. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you very much. And guys, so now what I would love you to do is to get in touch with Gita for more information in regards to how she's helping a lot of people around the globe. And if there is anything, I will be putting a lot of information where, where she is, uh, her website and all descriptions and all those other things. Just get in connect with her and see how life takes you from your present situation to the next level, which is going to be more healthier you, more vibrant you, and more happy. Thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you. Bye for now.